Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Unapologetic Series Therapy Talks, where six therapists inspire unapologetic conversations. I'm Key. What's up? What's up, y'all? This is Sarah. Greetings, everyone. It's Kendall. What's up, everyone? This is Kyra. Hey, hey, it's Shy. Hey, guys, it's Kelly. And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at U.S. Therapy Talks and be sure to tune in every Wednesday at midnight for new sessions. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning back into the Unapologetic Series Therapy Talks. This week, it is session nine. We will be talking about how childhood trauma impacts future relationships, whether that be platonic or relational. So before we start, how are y'all? It's almost Friday. It's October now. It's I October. Most. Ooh, this, um, is my y'all, favorite, this is my favorite month. That's what's These what October girls in this group this are my favorite so month, man. Pocus so Pocus is on... Um, <gasps> Don't. What is it's it? It's on Disney Plus. Is it for real? Well, we, we all have Disney Plus, Miss. I got Disney Plus. Disney Plus. I got Disney Plus. Oh, it is. I, it, yes. It's favorite. been on there since Disney Plus. It's your favorite. Oh, really? That's my favorite Halloween movie. Halloween. Halloween. Town. I like Halloween Town. But what was Freeport? Halloween Town is up there too for me. ABC Family. ABC Family used to be it. ABC Family is playing Hocus Pocus today. What do you mean? What's well, it's technically movie? freeform now. Freeform. But. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but I heard that they have like their whole schedule now. Kelly's so old. So it's like October. Um, two sorry. of the pods members have birthdays this month. You probably Woo! see it on social media because they OVO love. baby. I just found out what OVO. You can't means. say what that. Does it by mean? the way, October. 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 I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know that either. Shout out like Drake either. Anytime Shy, you say OVO, I'm like. Other, say, I just didn't know what. I'm trying to give a shout out to Drizzy Drake Rogers. What's yes. up? No, y'all. Certified no. Boy coming that out doesn't soon. have anything soon. to do with session nine. I said, "How are y'all?" And <laughs> that's how I we thought you cared about, about us. Month. That's what I'm thinking um, about. Clearly, you don't really care, Kendall. This is fine. key. Oh. And <laughs> I'm doing very well. <laughs> she got Kari up in here. I know who Kari Shout is. Shout out to Kari. This is Kari's debut to yeah. the pod. Shariah oh. is giving me a face Kari's and debut. I don't like it. It's who really is Kari? Fake. Yeah, who's Kari? Your People pa- don't know Kari. Oh, Carl is. Oh, Kari. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Kari is. Not Carl. My pup. No, my mom hates when we call him Carl. Can I? Can I request? <laughs> is he gonna get an Instagram soon? So no. no. Can I request that he's our official mascot? Yes. Okay, yes. Unapologetic mascot. Look at you. Jay can make him but a cartoon. Didn't Y'all didn't ask Kari if he was he okay with that. Kari, you oh, um, this is Kari a day web. Um, yes, it's my puppy. He's three years old. <laughs> He's just around here sniffing around, probably for some crumbs or something. Probably. Mm-hmm. Sniffing for the BS. Mm. Oh my God. Take it away, Kenny. All right. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today for numerous reasons. I'm excited oh, because I feel like nine times out of ten, we as people have dealt with someone in our lives that have experienced any type of childhood trauma and it's impacted them in any relationship, like I said, whether that's platonic or relational. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just very relatable and it's not. Not really it's kind of touched on the service but it, we don't really dive into it as much and so now's the opportunity we can do that i'm also excited to talk about this because it brings up a theory that i really love talking about and i also utilize this in session called attachment theory which we will explain later on in the session and lastly i feel like this whole session topic will help people i feel like to create empathy or have empathy for other people moving forward in any type of relationship if you know that they've been affected by early childhood trauma of some sort mm. y'all ready to get into it y'all have, y'all have a whole list of that questions heavy, i have a whole man. list of questions because i'm well, super excited about this topic right, let's get to it so my Ooh. first question is as clinicians and just as oh, people i'm not sure i understand girl <laughs> Siri, shut the hell up. Siri's first baby was Take it off. No. That was rude. Y'all stay interrupting me on this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, my first question is, as clinicians and just as human beings, why is this topic important? So as clinicians and just as people, why is this topic important? Um... What is say the topic again? It's long. Basically, like the impact of childhood trauma in and the impact like of you know platonic and like relation relational you know relationships. Um, I think it's important because I mean I'm one of those people who does feel like 
the foundation matters. So if your foundation is built in trauma, it's going to show up Mm -hmm. um, until until you deal with it. Mm -hmm. And as kids, as children, I feel we didn't have the emotional intelligence to do so. Um, I mean, your brain literally doesn't stop developing until 25. So... And we're just now reaching that not zero. But (laughs) damn. First of all, I would argue we still continue (laughs) to develop even beyond twenty (laughs) five. So so (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah. So I think as kids, you know, like over time you learn to get better with it, but if you were traumatized as a child, then I feel like you're constantly dealing with that. Mm -hmm. So Anybody else? So really, I also want y'all to talk about it as a clinician, too, because, of course, any type of trauma, this is something that we're going to address in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's very important, I feel like, to address earlier on if the client feels like they're comfortable talking about it. And of course, it's not all going to come out in one session. It's going to come out in multiple. Mm -hmm. But I know personally, if I, you know, hear you say anywhere, whether it's written or in person, like I've dealt with trauma, I'm going to ask permission if we can talk about it, because for me, it's important to know earlier on because, well, I'll talk about it later with attachment theory. I can kind of figure out like patterns Mm -hmm. in like relationships. Mm -hmm. And because we're systemic therapists, you know, we always look at the different relationships in clients lives. So if I know that you dealt with this growing up or this, you know, certain situation traumatized you and now as an adult, you're acting this way, I can better help you understand why you're acting the way you're acting in certain relationships and not to mention just normalizes everything because a lot of people feel uncomfortable with knowing that they act a certain way in relationships, whether they're withdrawers or they cling on to people and not understanding there's a reason why you're acting this way. So I feel like as clinicians, it's important for us to address any type of childhood trauma because it's more than likely going to impact you as an adult. I wouldn't even say more than likely. I would say that it does Mm -hmm. really like I feel like trauma in general, like trauma that you go through as a child, I feel like does impact you, whether it's negatively or positively, there's certain, I feel like the, the things that we have that happen in our lives help us and mold us into who we are and who, and how we interact with people. Mm -hmm. So when you go through traumas, a lot of times that then kind of factors into now, how do you interact with people around you? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would definitely say it does have an impact. I don't even think it necessarily has to be traumas that yeah. impact attachment. I think a lot of times when people think trauma, they think mm. of like severe abuse and yeah. things like that. It's mm-hmm. the only way that you can develop like insecure or avoidant attachment. I think it could be just if you grew up with not a lot of affection in your family, mm-hmm. that could be that could lead to more insecure attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as a clinician, I've learned that just affection levels is mm. really impacted with attachment, like how they were how they grew up and how they learned about what affection looks like really impacts how they are affectionate or not affectionate with their partners Mm -hmm. Um, but then that also argues the question of what do you define as trauma because some people will hear trauma Mm -hmm. and like you said only think of like severe abuse might come to mind but trauma can also be like if you were abandoned by a parent for a few years or you know didn't have contact with them for a Mm -hmm. few years they came back into your life and now you're trying to figure out what is our relationship Mm -hmm. so some people it's really you know like what does trauma mean to you so so then i have the question of um if if trauma is and this is not like i'm not saying that i disagree Mm -hmm. but i'm like processing yeah so if trauma is more than just the extreme, does that water down what it I means? I was just to about to trauma? say that. I mean, clinically, mm-hmm. I would say there was a there there is a definition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, one of our I won't say names because I, mm-hmm. we don't have consent. <laughs> no, I mean not in a bad way. Uh, one of our professors early on when we had she. Um, we had a what's it called? We did like a little sep- not, not a I'm seminar. Not sure we have no idea oh, what you're talking yeah. about. We did a trauma seminar. <laughs> yeah, we did a do- oh, trauma oh, seminar. And that she, was like earlier on. And she right? distinguished yeah. like because she I think she talked about that how yeah. there's um there because it does certain isn't it like chemicals in the brain or something well, like that? Well, she said that on the level of like um 
multiple functioning, social functioning. Mm. Um, oh yeah. I, so I, yeah. Okay. You have uh, a good memory. No, really. I pay attention. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, but I think Not that, bring, that brings up because it's the difference between just having something that's like something that's bothering you a little and having oh, life or PTSD. death. I think. Yeah. She, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. talking about like. Oh, okay. it, there's differences between and and it's important to mm-hmm. um, differentiate. Yes, mm-hmm. between the two because. Then you just have people walking around saying, I, I have, have this, That's I have true. that, yeah. and you don't. Well, hold on. Why is, it, why is it important to distinguish that as a clinician or as um, a therapist? I wonder why can't they all be trauma? It's different kinds of trauma. I yeah, know. I yeah. feel like it could be different can be types, or one is a little less severe than the other. I think, it's, you, I think it's subjective. Yeah. I think it's subjective, and it's based on how it's impacting that person, yeah. mm-hmm. is whether or not mm-hmm. it's traumatic. Because yeah. something... Mm-hmm. Something that could be a whole different, like the same situation happens to a whole different person, mm-hmm. but it could be a traumatic situation for one person and then not be traumatic for right. another person. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's this specific situation is traumatic. Right, and that is not I right. think traumatic. it's more so how this impacted right. this person mm-hmm. makes it traumatic yeah. for that person. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, and I think too, it, and it does, there is kind of a thing that does deem it to be trauma or not, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is basically like it's not just oh if something's just bothering you a mm-hmm. little bit it's it has to be something that is very impactful to where it is yeah. impacting your functioning mm-hmm. your daily your daily ability to function mm-hmm. is where it becomes yeah. something that's traumatic mm-hmm. i think as clinicians putting you were asking like why is it important mm-hmm. i feel like putting a name to it is huge for some people yeah. because some people will negate the fact that what they've been through is right. like not a big deal right yeah. and i will sit and be like that is traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Like what you have been through is trauma. Mm-hmm. And that might shock them at first because they're like, wait, what? Like I've been living with this my whole life and mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But then as you begin to break it down in future mm-hmm. sessions, mm-hmm. they'll understand it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and normalizing it too. Right. 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 Because exactly. I have to, I, yeah. I've done that a few times to say, you know, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that we have a name is beneficial for you because that means you're not alone right. in that either. Right. So they right. have things to help it's you like, oh, when you're in this, this space. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you can identify it so that you can actually start moving forward to helping you grow from what has happened. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying, Kendall, is basically like that <clears throat> it's not that you're telling the person that um you're not saying that this specific situation is trauma. Mm-hmm. You're pointing out the fact that because of the situation and how it's impacted you and how you're right. interacting, mm-hmm. this seems like this was a traumatic situation. I just yeah. wanted to clarify yeah, 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 that yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you meant. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah for yeah. if anybody had any confusion with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to label it that, that's fine too. Because I might see something differently than you do. Mm -hmm. And that is your situation that you have, you know, that you're dealing with. So if you don't want to name it that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to each his own. But Mm -hmm. my next question, I'm going to get a little deeper. Just a little bit. Oh, that wasn't deep? Not at all. No. (laughs) No. We're unapologetic. So I really want y'all to show parts of yourself Mm -hmm. so that people, you know, can relate to us as, you know, people and know that even though we're clinicians that we're still human and we've been through some shit so mm-hmm. my next question is do you have personal experience experience dealing with childhood trauma and seeing it impact any relationship in your future as an adult and if so what did you do about it mm. um that's a deep question very deep question ma'am it is yeah i i think i don't think i I know I don't have necessarily something that I consider a childhood trauma, but I do think my childhood has impacted the way I see relationships mm-hmm. um, for me personally. Just like what, I, what I've seen, like even in my family, like different marriages and different mm-hmm. mother-daughter relationships, um, how I see my grandmother treat certain grandchildren, like all those kind of things have impacted mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't have any like something that I consider a trauma. Well, we don't have to use the word trauma. Yeah, just anything okay. that has happened in your life that touch you know that caused some sort of emotional expression within you mm. and it impacted you the way you act now in relationships, in friendships, you know, mm-hmm. any of that. I will say mine is uh asking or 
I'll I'll say uh, showing emotion in general, mm-hmm. um, and not just in not just in my intimate relationship because I feel like um, when me and Ken first started dating, I would ask mm-hmm. like. You know, like, am I bothering you? Like, am I being too really? clingy? Yes, I don't like that. And and sometimes, like, maybe, like, two to three times a year, I'll ask that question. Like, am I being too clingy? Mm-hmm. Um, And he'll be like, no. Like, and you know, you like, like, you're you, my girl. Why do you feel like you have to ask that? Yeah. What is it that um, makes you feel like? I think it comes from, I think it honestly stems from being called a crybaby, crybaby so much. Wow. And okay. that also... um that also had an impact on the relationship that I have with myself Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I have issues with being vulnerable when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. So unless I'm having like some type of literal breakdown where I'm crying for like 20 to 30 minutes straight, I will literally cry for like one to two minutes Mm -hmm. and then move on. Yeah. Who was calling you a crybaby? You don't have to say, but was it people like everybody? Everybody. I was one of those. Like everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you, so it's, it's not even like a, it, it's not negative all the time to the point where like, they're saying like, you're a crybaby. It could be something where like, you just cried so much when you were a baby or you, or like, um, then you do have the moments where people are like, why are you crying? Yeah, or, yeah, you know, like yeah, that. But, yeah. like, hearing that constantly yeah. reinforces that crying is something that people shouldn't do. Right, mm-hmm. right. And you would internalize that. And I didn't realize that until I got into the program. Mm-hmm. And and our professors were just like... And it, it was so interesting because y'all know I'm really passionate about stuff Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to like expressing certain things it was like our our professors knew like they Mm -hmm. were having conversations about it or something because when i would say like i just have a hard time expressing myself they would be like yeah we know yeah (laughs) (laughs) well we hip you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's that i think the just emotion in general if it's not positive then I'm just like, I'll just keep it to myself or I'll just put it somewhere. So what did oh. you do about it or what are you doing about it? What's up with the voice? <laughs> because I don't Take want y'all to shot. escape the last part of my question. Oh, yeah. Don't um, escape it. Bring it back on wheel. What do I do about it? So really? Oh my God. Currently I'm in therapy. But um honestly right now I feel like I'm I'm just in a space of trying to let myself feel mm-hmm. you know and being okay with that mm-hmm. and identifying it like for what it is. The feelings will is Girl, my best my favorite like is really Wait, my best What do you mean? Somewhere uh, it was on the board. Oh. Feelingswill.com. In our, stu- it in our right studio, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? It pops right up. Yes, in our podcast. But studio. yeah, I use that yeah. because it's important mm-hmm. for me. And I always tell my clients, emotions are a language. Right. And because of society, it's like we, it's like if you were bilingu- bilingual when you were like two and then you mm-hmm. stop hearing one of the languages, mm-hmm. it goes away mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. And I feel like you have to learn this new language of emotions. And so that's what I'm learning. Mm. So, and even outside of therapy, because I mean, of course, these are my goals. So yeah. it's what I have to work on. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to be very cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. And being emotional, I think, I think too, is um, what we don't talk about enough. And what I, I like to talk about, at least when I see my clients and they're being emotional, is yeah. pointing out the fact that when you are being emotional and raw about how you feel about something, mm-hmm. That's actually showing strength right? because you're being vulnerable Mm -hmm. with yourself or you're being vulnerable with other people Mm -hmm. who are around you. And that's a very hard thing Mm -hmm. to do. So that actually shows strength and you're actually becoming stronger along for yourself to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times society can take away from that Mm -hmm. and can and can knock you down constantly about being able to be emotional and that actually I feel like that actually weakens us as people mm-hmm. when yeah. we're we're harboring all of that emotions and it actually tears you down I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. physically and mentally because if you're trying to hold on to and harbor all of these emotions and you never express them that does that takes a toll 
on you mentally and physically. Because you're not exercising it. So mm-hmm. then, like right. we were talking about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. you don't know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that's important to know mm-hmm. how to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you say the question again? If you weren't on that damn phone. Oh. You should have printed out a version Ooh. for all of us. So no. <laughs> it was I was trying to think question. of a teacher's name. Am I Miss um, Valentine? <laughs> bringing Valentine. copies of the handouts to class? No, um, I guy. actually wasn't on Never my phone when you said it the first time. But then <laughs> I was you very trauma. into Trauma and life experiences no, that have affected it's too, it's a two your... Part. Like, have any of the things that happened in your life affected any of your friendships or your romantic relationships the way you interact in them and if so what did you do about it Mm. i know it has yeah i think two instances come to mind um similar to keys with like just being called a crybaby as a kid but mine was like more of just getting picked on like even by my cousins Mm -hmm. So it was either like you gonna fight or you yes for my glasses. Mm-hmm. But I they they used to push me off my grandma like uh, oh my roof gosh. all the time like oh, oh really? Oh my god! Used to put the trampoline. Oh no! Uh oh! That's that's rough house right there. Okay, anyways. So, but being the youngest grandchild at the time, well, I am the youngest grandchild actually. Um, they used to always make me do stuff first. Or made me do, and I wanted to because I want to fit in. I want to mm-hmm. be like I was the yeah. youngest. Like they never wanted me to hang with them unless they doing something I know business. Then I get in trouble for it. Oh. But I usually wasn't the one that got in trouble because I'm telling on everybody mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Um, telling on everybody <laughs> every time. But it made it real. It made it really hard to like really build relationships with them. Like even like going like growing up. Still, it was like. Still, I was still looked at like, oh, that's like the like the little cousin. Like she still be tired of selling, still be crying. Mm-hmm. Like and but it made me like really shut off to some people. Like even my family for that instance because I'm like, dang, like I'm, I always feel like I have to fight for something. Like I always feel like I had to like do some kind of like me against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that transitioned into like when I got older like physically fighting but like even just like okay like i'm just tired of fighting like if you don't fuck with me you don't fuck with me Mm -hmm. whatever like and Mm -hmm. i've always been pretty outgoing so meshing with people has never been like the hard part but sometimes maintaining those friendships became difficult because i didn't know when to fight and when to pull back Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. things like that and then my other instance i feel like and when I was in a relationship in high school, like I was super emotional because I'm an emotional person. But then when I went to college, I got with somebody who was like, why are you always emotional? Like, why are you so emotional? Mm. And that, so that like completely flipped me. So I'm yeah. like, mm. all right, like this is a doggy dog world. Yeah. Like he like, like literally that world. Like, and I think that changed. And then in my young adult life, like, like it's, I had to realize like it was okay to have emotions yeah. in a relationship mm-hmm. because he really had me out here like, Dang, I really can't be crying. Like I gotta right. figure this yeah. shit out. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm mad as hell. Like yeah. I want to throw something at him. Yeah. And literally, that's her Because it's like you don't accept me for who I am. Like right. literally, he be yeah. like, oh, man, yo, I don't even feel like dealing with that today." And oh, I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> dang, cry on the inside and laugh on the outside." I, I know. I know. She, that was directed at you, sir. Whoever that is. I heard that that was directed at you, sir. Was that a Caribbean Someone there? Out. Oh she was definitely calling somebody else. So, <laughs> now, now I have to really figure out, like, a good balance between what I feel like is, like, emotional, but also, like, like sometimes I don't have to be, I don't have to share every part of my emotions, Emotion but being just logic. finding a balance, especially in a relationship. Emotion versus what? Logic. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it That's is. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. How and much too that? much of one is it's not, that, good. It's not right. good. Finding yep. the balance. Yeah, it's it's, that, it's the balance. same as like withdrawal pursuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a good mix. Yeah, right. yeah. definitely. Sure. And the other part was, what am I doing now? It's it. really. Like when I become emotional, because I feel like I was I've been emotional this week. Mm-hmm. It's kind of taking a step back and like really dissecting. Like, mm-hmm. are these my emotions? What am I feeling? And what part of that logic? Like, is yeah. this reality? Like, mm-hmm. really asking myself some questions and kind of just like working through it. Yeah. 
Um, so that's what I've just been doing because I've been that's crying. Good. But I would challenge you to allow for yourself to just yeah. be emotional because yeah. the situation you're talking about, it's okay to it's be emotional. It's natural to be emotional. Yeah. It's natural. The more you fight it, the more you're just going to feel it like later on. You can't yeah. fight it. You can't. Yeah. The emotions are not going to go away. Right. But I don't feel like, I don't feel like crying all the time. Sometimes, not sometimes all the time. Yeah, yeah, not all the time. But give yourself grace. It's right. oh, I you're allowed to. I cried yeah. all night. Went right to bed. Mm-hmm. Cried myself mm-hmm. to sleep. Good sleep. Right sometimes that's a real good sleep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Sierra, don't think that I we know, didn't forget you, about you. You just sitting there looking all dainty. It looked like, like, look like you was being quiet, so you get no. skipped over. I know. She she even had the like the expression on her face was like, don't I mean, not everyone has expressed their... But we doing it today. Well, now no, no, now no, we're no. saying you can go next. But what? Oh, so no. oh, oh my god! She uh, y'all, this session needs to be named. So what times. is the question? No. What is the name Let's of the session? What's the name of the, the question? <laughs> no, I think uh, I, re- I remember the question. Um, I don't. I don't think I. I mean. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, let's see. So when I think about these things, I think about uncertainty. So I feel that when we're talking about the topic of attachment, I feel I, I immediately think of sense of security. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have been brought up in a household where I had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that does reflect on my current relationships. Um, not that I'm perfect. But it does. I, I I've seen that I've had really healthy relationships at a very early age. Um, however, there are layers. You know, um, I don't know. As a you know, as a queer gay woman, I've had my my uh, I don't know my challenges with my parents and people in general mm-hmm. and navigating relationships. So that I sure for sure. I know that that's played into maybe my attachment style where I am um I'm a big avoider in my my romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um well init- when I initiate a relationship mm-hmm. I um what's the word? I don't I don't you're not all jump the way into in. it. You're not all the way in. I'm very hmm. um what's the, what's the word? strategic. Tip-toe. I tiptoe. So I like I, I like to feel, feel the waters. Mm-hmm. If I sense something wrong, I'm like, okay, I people call me the ghost or why I ghost and stuff like Ooh. that. Are you yes. a ghost? I'm I might. I, I believe that. I can see I'm that. I'm about to change your name from my phone to cast. I And I'll be honest, so I, I've been okay. I've been dating for some while, like these past couple of weeks, and it's hard. No, no, just like dating, like as in like just dating, going out and dates. Ooh, y'all, this is the what tea. Is y'all, you don't be telling us stuff, so anything we know, we find out on the I'll podcast. T- I'll tell y'all why. This I'll, is wait, new information. No, no, I'll tell y'all why I probably haven't Not mentioned shy. it. Stop looking like that. I'll tell y'all why I haven't mentioned it. Because you don't have to. Because it just it hasn't worked. So I, but I've realized that it's fu- it's really messed up of me this pattern of ghosting like if i just i'll go out with someone and we'll hit off we'll have a good conversation but then i just won't Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's messed up and i don't and that's some work that i've been trying to uh how um (laughs) (laughs) by well first of all acknowledging it um realizing why i'm not allowing myself more time with people who i Mm -hmm. who i enjoy and then also um thinking about whether or not i'm ready to and giving myself that space to say, hey, okay, if you're not ready to start dating, why are you pressuring? Or what is your motive to jump mm-hmm. on the dating scene mm-hmm. if you're not emotionally ready? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, we need more people like you. I mean... To uh, ghost? ghost? No. no. So when they're not ready to realize they're not ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. And take a step. And take a step. <laughs> we gonna ride this yeah. out. That's what I fear it out. I'm gonna trash all these people. So, so. Right now. <laughs> I'm proud of you for admitting that, though. Yes, good for yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, yeah. I still guess work in progress. To all my listeners. <laughs> uh-uh. Clearly. <laughs> she is actively dating. <laughs> no, not anymore. Don't uh, be sending her out a break. Right. Oh, I mean, so I don't get DMs Maybe for Sarah. Listen, you already got her Instagram. <laughs> oh Why'd God. you say it like that? <laughs> it's not her what Instagram. What is up with your voices today? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh. You too, Kendall. You just like, come out of nowhere with your little right. radio voice. Uh, we got listeners, so you just never know. You're right? Oh, Y'all. Um, I'll go. I won't go into detail because um, the details don't really matter. But Yeah, they do. Um, details the details always matter. always matter, especially when we talk about Kendall. 
What I'm saying is like the meat of like let's talk about the meat. Give it to us medium rare. So um, when I was oh no, what the medium? No, we like medium, medium or medium rare. That's not like right in his rash. That's what you decide. Okay, no. The Kendall's Kendall is I'm correct. traumatizing Y'all itself right now because this is like so much. That was out of control. No, it really was. The way she said that literally was like right. First of all, I didn't do no hand rare. movement. You said medium rare. That's I said medium rare. Not right. Okay, no. Hush. Anyway, so right before I um, went off to college, oh this God. is when my parents like my parents got divorced when I was like in between like nine or ten, but. It was the aftermath of like, you know, dealing with the stepmom mm-hmm. and dad dating and like mom. It was just a lot. And so at that point, like my mom and dad hated each other. And that really impacted me, and my dad's relationship, who at the beginning, when I was younger, we were actually really close, not me and my mom. And so um, he kind of abandoned me right before I went to college. Like I had blocked him just because I was angry about some things that happened between him and my mom. And I didn't hear from him for like years, like mm. And I think I blocked him because you know how you block somebody and you, yeah, you kind of still want them to like come back. Reach out somehow. That man is email. email. You want them to like, email? Yeah, like I, need an email. I moved to a whole new state for college and like nothing. And so wow. that really That's fucked hard. with me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, bad. Yeah, yeah. And somebody who I was really close with and it just really fucked with me. So I feel like the way that that impacted my relationships is that I, I hate using this word, but I got really clingy. So, mm-hmm. like, in, in relationships, in okay. I'll say friendships, too, because mm-hmm. I had a pattern of, like, I would get a guy friend, mm-hmm. and people on the outside thought our relationship was very weird. Like, they would think it's intimate by, like, us having dinner, going out to eat together, or, like, you know, just doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, meeting up very often. And if I ever felt like that person was going to leave me, I clung on harder. Mm. And this also was in like romantic relationships. Even if the relationship wasn't healthy for me or the other person, I would still cling on because that male presence, I just felt abandoned. So I was seeking Mm -hmm. it in other relationships, which I know now is not healthy. And I worked through that by going to therapy and being able to call myself out on it. Um, Because I don't feel like I'm a clingy person by nature. Like, I don't like anybody up under my asshole. Like, I'm an only child. I like my alone time. But I noticed (laughs) that when I was in college, I was very clingy. And I was like, this isn't me. So um, I think, yeah, going to therapy and I think talking through it with, like, close friends and like family and even my dad i had to talk about it with him because yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're the source mm-hmm. um so now i feel like it's gotten better but it was pretty bad in college how does it how does that present itself now now mm-hmm. um i think now it's a lot better like i still get really anxious when i feel like somebody's about to leave especially a male mm-hmm. but i don't like clinging on like I used to like I it's like I have the hand like right here mm-hmm. kind of like about to cling but then I'm like I'm gonna wait and see and like, like a half grip yeah, yeah 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 yes that's a perfect way to say it a half grip hmm. so I, I don't know okay. I feel like it, it works for me right now but I still get really really anxious when I feel like a close yeah. male is like the gonna um leave I think that's super interesting because you know when like you just think about how like before you meet someone they were still a person like before you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the you that i know mm-hmm. now is like not oh I got that you. so yeah, it's hard for me to yeah. even Picture see her like you that. Yeah. yeah i got you in that way yeah what like about- i would it was bad like i was hey. i was the crazy bitch like it was pretty bad what does that mean like, if I felt like you were going to leave or mm-hmm. something was going to, like, break the relationship, I, I would pa- literally panic, yeah. but I would throw that onto the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, Were you the crazy bitch or were you the hurt so person? So, were you, like, Both. sending long messages? That, or? I'll show up at your door. Like, it was oh. pretty bad. Oh, I like these. It was not good. It was not good. It was not good. And I'm it was friends. not good. <laughs> like, let's pull up. We pull it up. It was not oh good. Oh, my God. Did you have that good. friend? You ain't had that friend who that would pull up with you? Pull up with oh, yeah. Oh, that, oh, oh, see, oh yeah. I got a couple of line sisters that will do that to this day. <laughs> Just got to give them a little that's notice. But, yeah. Give we're adults. I mean, we're adults now. We're adults now. But, yeah, like, for sure. We about to go over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tomorrow. Or this weekend. Right. Just know. I ain't never did a pull up with a friend, but I, I did do a um a, 
a stakeout with a friend. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god! Like we spying to see what what they was doing. On. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Have, I've never done. Have y'all ever been on the other side of that re- type of relationship? No, no. Yes. no you mean like somebody is? Yes. You? So I've been yes. in a very toxic. Well, yes. Let's use another word. <laughs> no, I feel like it's a good word. Well, you about to re- rebuttal that was and say is? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Oh, you, you, no, no. you was you trying to, to join in and say I'm there too? No, I was trying to get oh, information. Trying to get information. Take, take, take No, uh, I was just in a very challenging uh, relationship, uh, like a while ago. Challenging. It was a relationship of like That's eight years, man. Um, mm. And it was that side where, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like um, you didn't feel like you had autonomy. It was yeah. And that's tough. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I mean, we've also we in during that relationship we talked about. I mean, there was trauma. I mean, well, not trauma. There was like you know family mm-hmm. stuff that she had um, to work through. But sometimes you have to even even with that awareness, I had to. I was positioned in a place where like I get that it's not inherently her. It's not innately her, and she's mm-hmm. not intentionally doing this. But how much am I willing to sacrifice of myself? For this relationship mm-hmm. um, because that's a huge responsibility too as a partner to know that mm-hmm. your partner ha- is going through this yeah. um, but it's like emotionally draining yeah, yeah for sure so you have to make that tough decision of like is this worth it for me um, and that's that's tough because you want to be a sensitive person and say mm-hmm. you know I love you but, but I love myself too. I love myself more. And so I'll ask what at what point do you guys feel that you should continue or like if you know that your partner is going through this, you're just considering everything that we've so far touched on. If you're in that kind of relationship where your partner has had that kind of history. You literally answered my question. Oh. It's okay. Can we get to it? Okay. okay. So then, yeah. Okay. So then we'll jump into that. I'm on a schedule. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm on a schedule. So I was actually going to start explaining attachment just because we've been throwing the word around a lot. So, um, please do your own research in addition to listening to this because there's a lot about attachment theory out there and just different types of research, but I'm going to be reading from an article I found on very well mind, Uh, by someone named Kendra Cherry and um, basically it's just talking about how attachment theory is focused on the relationships and bonds between people particularly long-term relationships including those between a parent and child and between romantic partners and it was uh, created by a psychologist named John Bowlby that's my guy hey Bowlby Bowlby and basically he had an interest in trying to figure out separation anxiety and trying to figure out you know why children acted the way they did if they were separated from their primary caregiver how long that distress and separation anxiety lasted if it had an effect on them later on things like that so he did this experiment where with young children um the primary caregiver and usually the primary caregiver you know is the mother and so in the experiment the mother would leave for a certain amount of time and you would see how the child is reacting Um, In some situations, the mother would come back promptly, noticing that her child was in distress. Other situations, you know, they would kind of take their time to come back and not soothe their child. And then in other ones, they just wouldn't come back. And then the child was just left there still in distress. And so um, basically, there's four different types of attachment styles with this theory that go along with this theory and that have like symptoms, I guess you could call it, that you can look for as you get older as an adult. Yeah, patterns. So I'm going to read them. I'm not going to say from best to worst, but from <clears throat> healthy, healthy to least healthy. Least healthy. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, it, the it's, last one yeah. is very unhealthy, right. but, you know, so the first one is secure attachment. And this is something that you want to strive for. And oh, let me also add that um, as an infant, that's um, when you give birth to a child, that's why it's so crucial for your child when you give birth to them to literally be close to you, to their mother, because that's the first instance of attachment that they have with their primary caregiver, that scent that they're smelling, the touch, all that is so crucial. So if that does not happen within like the first five minutes of, you know, the child being born, that's going to affect them. Mm -hmm. So that's why doctors are like, all right, they're out. Timmy, here's your mom. Like, oh, <laughs> not Timmy. Like, Timmy. Timmy. It's the name. Timmy. 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 Johnny. 
Daquan, I don't know what y'all want to say. That's his name. Daquan. 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 No, Damien. Damien. Oh, Damien. my God. Sarah not naming her kid Daquan. I, oh, I mean, I could. Sarah's child, like well, she Damien. wants to name her child Damien I one day. No, it's, I it's can happening. See you. Okay, it's, it's, it's happening. How do you say that in Spanish? Trayshawn. Damian. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. I like that. Damian. That's a little. 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 You want me to find you a Damian? I know a couple Damian. Oh. Well, let me not give you a little. I got a kid. Nice save. Nice save. I don't. Oh. That was Shariah. My name Kelly. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even did that. Oh, my. Oh, God. The anyway. Jones. Anyway, so secure attachment. Um, that's the attachment that you want to strive for. This, this The child could depend on their caregiver, and they were reunited with them quickly after showing distress. So traits of this are you can trust easily. You're into. Oh. Kari. <laughs> Kari's making sure we're safe, guys. It's okay. We're oh, my gosh. <laughs> at least we know we got a good uh mask no, guard dog here guard dog so okay. uh traits are trust easily in tune with emotions and communicate upsets directly <clears throat> and i view those all as healthy and positive traits okay. the next one is ambivalent or ambivalent anxious they added like the anxious part later on so kids become distressed when a parent has left mm -hmm. and they don't really come back for a little while. They come back later on, but not quick enough. And so they feel like they can't depend on them. Mm -hmm. And traits like this will include um, struggle with communication, especially like communicating your needs and struggling in that area and acting out when triggered. Mm, gotcha. So okay. that one's interesting. And then the next one I feel like a lot of people can relate to is avoidant <clears throat> or avoidant anxious um, or anxious avoidant. And this is when um, you avoided parents or caregivers or you might have been abused or punished for trying to rely on a caregiver. So trying to let your parent know, hey, I need you and you were punished in some way, shape or form. So growing up, you felt like I don't need to rely on anybody. And traits like this will include avoiding seeking help. You downplay the importance of relationship. And a big one, I see a lot of self-reliance, basically the misindependent. I can do it myself. I don't need nobody. It's a misindependent. You know, stuff like that. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Oh, my God. What Drake said something about it's a lot of twerking going on in the studio. I did. Oh, my God. I don't even remember that. He Don't said, you know um, it's a lot of twerk. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. I know. I forgot what song it is. He did say that. <laughs> okay. And then the last one is, this is the least healthy one, disorganized or disoriented attachment. So the parent basically just didn't come back in the room after the child showed distress. And the children show a mixture of behavior, a lot of up and down emotions, and a lack of a clear attachment pattern. Mm. Um, basically inconsistent behavior with their caregiver that served as a source. Um, they were either comforting to them or they were fearful to them. And mm -hmm. so traits of this will include um, fear of rejection, more dependent in relationships, very low self-esteem, and high um, anxiety in relationships. Mm -hmm. And with this type of attachment style, um, you have a higher, a higher likelihood of um, having like certain mental health disorders, so um, PTSD, ODD, and depression as well. So, what do y'all think about attachment theory? Do y'all believe in it or not? Do you kind of see how it can impact you as an adult from a child? What do y'all think? I mean, I see the benefits of it, but I also feel like it's possible to be a combination of. Them. Oh, definitely. I, I feel like for it's, sure. it's hard to say, like, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I have experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like they could come up from, like, for, for the anxious one, I feel like a lot of people have anxious attachment, and that doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that they were punished in a certain way because they came to their mm -hmm. parents needing this mm -hmm. thing. It could mm -hmm. be, it just maybe messages like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not, not overt messages, mm -hmm. you know, like subconscious messages were told in your house, like, we don't talk about emotions. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it resulted in them being anxious. So I feel like there's a lot of different ways where you can have these different attachment mm -hmm, styles. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's very variable. And I situation. think you can have one with one caregiver and oh, then because you have you know yeah, it's yeah, like if you have yeah, one parent like i think i had yeah. secure with my mom and then i had um avoided anxious with my dad mm -hmm. and that can play out you yeah. know mm -hmm. and they can evolve i yeah, mean i think maybe you know oh, yeah. something a take a good takeaway is that just because you had this 
type of attachment style doesn't mean that you can't ever evolve or become right. or, you know, right. head toward a more secure Definitely. attachment style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's talked about in a lot of um, <clears throat> in a lot of our training that for some people, their therapist is their first secure right. attachment. Mm-hmm. Right. So they learn what that means. And how that looks um, like. Yeah. In therapy, mm-hmm. how to talk, yeah, yeah how right. to talk things through, and then take that with them to other relationships, and mm-hmm. that's what the whole—that's what the whole purpose of therapy is—is is to learn about how to work on yourselves, how to form better relationships outside of therapy. So mm-hmm. use what you learn in therapy to be able to implement to that into it. your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other Anybody questions, else? Kenny? Um, well, I feel like with this, I also wanted, I talked about this in the beginning, but I feel like in knowing that anything that can happen, occur in your life that will bring about a lot of emotional expression, or if you want to call it trauma, but having empathy. And I feel like having an understanding that this impacts somebody else and it's going to show up in your relationships. It's not that they're crazy. Mm. You know, they just don't know how to act in relationships. Mm-hmm. Then they, they not, they may not know how to identify. And mm-hmm. so, and this is not me saying you accept the bullshit, right. right? Because if you're in a relationship with someone that, um, you know, is disorganized and is showing you mixed behavior, it, that may not work for you. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to figure out, like, can I work with you and we kind of help you overcome this trauma or this stuff has impacted our relationship and impacts you mm-hmm. or am I going to accept the bullshit? So how do you determine that? Do you all get that? what I'm saying? Yeah, because so that was kind of like the question that I was trying yeah. to lead to. So how do you determine how much of yourself do you give um, for someone else if you know that they're struggling over something? Do they want right. to fix it? Right. 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 Are they you know? trying to put in the work to mm-hmm. change it? Yeah. But because what if they don't can't know how? Make them... But what if they don't know how? I mean, the most thing, like if you're in a relationship with someone, I feel like maybe I would suggest you helping them find the resources to get the help that they need to find that. But there's only so much that you can do. You can't mm-hmm. find the answers for them. You can't mm-hmm. make them want to pursue working on themselves and identifying what they need to do in order to grow from their past experiences. So really the biggest thing is identifying if they're wanting to work on themselves. And then if they don't know where to start, then maybe helping them find resources, whether it be a therapist um, or finding research on how to learn about attachment styles Mm -hmm. and how to work on that. But that's really all you can do if you're if if it's that situation. Mm -hmm. You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say boundaries for real, because even even Mm -hmm. when you're in a relationship, you should have boundaries. Um, and because there are some relationships that just don't work out. Mm-hmm. So I do agree that like you should try if you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are to a point where it's overstepping your boundaries, you feel like you've exhausted, <coughs> you know, all the measures that you need to, mm-hmm. um, then you just got to move on for mm-hmm. real. Because like... Ooh. You can't just keep, <laughs> I don't know. You can't just keep sacrificing yourself. Right. Because um, you will lose yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, but I think when you, when you have certain boundaries, then you will know like when it's time for you to, mm-hmm. to leave. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't know. Then they just. But see, you just touched on something that maybe, I mean, maybe we'll discuss this later on. But in order for you to set the boundaries, you got to know your boundaries. Right. Well, yeah. And so sure. in a relationship, we, we're, ta- we're talking about a partner who has, you know, their challenges. But what if we also have our own? So when you're in this relationship mm-hmm. where you're navigating someone with maybe emotional trauma, mm-hmm. and then you might have maybe not emotional trauma, but you mm-hmm. can't. So, how, you know, that's why I think relationships are so complex. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will, I'll, I'll answer that mm-hmm. and how I would tackle mm-hmm. it as a therapist and how I have mm-hmm. uh, um, with my clients mm-hmm. when I'm seeing couples. The biggest thing that I have my clients do and what I tell them is mm-hmm. when you come in here, yes, you're coming in as a couple. And yes, I'm working with you guys as a couple. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to do a lot of 
self work. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to really dive deep on what you need to work on within yourself individually, Mm -hmm. or it's not going to work. And I tell them that as blunt as I'm telling you this now, you have to work on yourself or this is not going to work. Because if the other per, if you're constantly worrying about trying Mm -hmm. to help fix the other person's problems, you're not worrying about what you have to do to grow. Mm -hmm. You're not worried about the steps that you have to take to become a better person. Mm So really, the biggest thing is looking within and saying, okay, what do I need to do? And the other person has to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, things aren't perfect, um, perfect and not everybody's going to do that. But at, at the end of the day, again, like I said, if you're both not doing that, it's not going mm-hmm. to work. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you probably had somebody that impacted you and you're displaying Everybody some does. sort of pattern mm-hmm. in the relationship. It may not be as severe as the other person, but you're displaying a pattern. Mm-hmm. And you just may not know it. And I think we have a habit of pointing out the other person and I won't always say blaming but you know acknowledging like well this is what I see that you're doing and you're Mm -hmm. not doing enough of this take a minute to look at yourself too because you might be contributing Mm -hmm. to that pattern as well that's true and this is kind of like a tangent not really but I just want to say this is why when people say like how can you work with couples when you're not like married or something like that? Like how can you be married and family therapist and you're not married? It's because it takes two individuals to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I'm an individual. Mm -hmm. So you have to work on yourself before or even during a relationship at all times. That's, that's what makes a relationship. Mm -hmm. So yes, we can definitely work with couples, Mm -hmm. even if you're not married, because Mm -hmm. guess what? You can't communicate because you haven't never learned how to communicate from your family, from all kind of stuff. That has nothing to do with your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That has exactly. to do with you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you're in a relationship, so now it has something to do with exactly. him. But those, some of those things are the individual in, like, problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's 100%. that. Don't tell me I can't work with nobody because I work with who I want to. Exactly. Oh, when God. she wants to. <laughs> exactly. But as we close out, I just want to say that this whole conversation is just important to have conversations with your friends if you're feeling like there's patterns that might be disrupting the relationship or that are there and you have questions about in your romantic relationships ask questions if we're talking about a pursuer and withdrawer you know ask the withdrawer see you withdrawing when this happens can we talk about it and if they're willing to talk about it try to figure out their pattern and maybe you might you know come across some things that happened in their childhood that you know allows them to or has them impact act the way that they're acting You can also take a quiz for attachment to try to figure out what your attachment style is. And we'll probably post the link somewhere for you to take that (laughs) quiz if you don't want to try to figure it out yourself based off of your patterns. But um, I hope that you'll moving forward have a better understanding of people and that you'll, um, you know, have empathy for people because we've all been through something. No big, you know, no small, you know, you can't compare, but we've all been through something and it impacts us differently. And it's so important to acknowledge that and just to be aware. So... Next week, we're going to be talking about multiracial relationships and societal impact. Your girl mm. Kyra is going to lead that. Super Woo-hoo. excited. Good stuff. And thank you again for tuning in. And we'll chat next week on U.S. Therapy Talks. See ya. Bye. Bye. So make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at U.S. Therapy Talks. Make sure you click the notification button so that you get all of our new updates. And we will talk to you guys at our next session. Bye. Bye.